and welcome to the Glacially Musical Podcast. It is beer, metal, swearing, and a little vinyl, though not much this week. I, of course, am Nick Cameron of Glacially Musical, joined by Can Koozie Chakas. How are we doing today, buddy? These get better and better. I like these uh, these Keefisms. Well, you know, it, it all goes back <clears throat> to an SNL sketch where uh, Bill Hartman was portraying the chairman of the board, Frank Sinatra. Chris Rock was portraying Luther Luther Campbell, and Jan Hooks was portraying Sinead O'Connor, and he just kept calling her something different every time. Sinead O'Connor. Uh, at one point, he referred to her as Sinbad O'Connor. Sinbad O'Cubal, your wolf. And I just hey. thought, I thought that was funny, and I felt that it fit our particular idiom. I'm going to crack a beer. Luther, you don't have to work blue. I told this to Lenny Bruce years ago. I don't know what you're saying. I'm just getting pops and buzzes. I don't care about her head, man. I just need her butt. Loud and clear. Drinking out of my St. Louis Blue Stanley Cup Champions pint glass, as I said, after they won that in 2019, and I hugged several strangers, which is out of my character. Mm. I don't care if they ever win another game, and I haven't been upset since. I, yeah, no, you don't strike me as a hugger. I am a hugger if I know you well. Yeah, like maybe your family. And friends. I hug friends. But not strangers. Oh, what a beautiful pour that you can't see. I was hungover when I bought this because for some reason I had a lot to drink about that night. Um, I was dreaming when I wrote this, so forgive me if it goes too fast. Is that some... You're quoting... Cribbing some... Uh, Prince lyrics now? Maybe? No, I, was, I, I wasn't actually. Apparently I'm a genius like Prince. I did not know. Although I did find out the St. Paul Saints are now an affiliated baseball team. He was a big supporter of Minneapolis area sports. I have decided this year since Major League Baseball has gone on lockout strike, greedothon, I'm going to support the unaffiliated team heavily this year. Eh, I think they're going to work it out. It's the, they, they lose don't. too much money when they don't work it out. I remember very clearly the 1996 walk-off. And apparently that cost 70 games for most teams. And it took four years for baseball to come back. I think you're thinking of 94. 94? The Yankees were in first place. This is why I know this. The season ended with no victor. And the Yankees, because the other Yankees and their dicks were trying to like declare us the champions. And they were like, yeah, no, not without a World Series, you dicks. And that was the only year that the Montreal Expos were good. They were so good. They were several years. What happened, I think, with that Expos team is they had been bad for so long that all their talent – came up at the right time, and then all those guys left to go to other teams. It's kind of like the Phillies. And also, I don't know if the Expos ever were good, but it's like the Phillies. The Phillies were good, but before my time. And they've just been, you know, the Phillies and Pirates have just basically been crap ever since. The the Pirates have been terrible except for the Barry Bonds years, and and they still weren't that good. And then um, what I think of with the Expos of the two times they were good, one you just mentioned, and then the previous time, there was like the late 70s, early 80s, and they had like Rock Reigns, Gary Carter, and uh, somebody else that's really great that I'm remembering. Maybe is it, is it um, Dawson, the big power hitter for the Cubbies? Yeah, Andre Dawson. Andre Dawson. They were all on the Expos. They all came up in the same time in the farm team. And one by one, they all left to free agency. Gary Carter goes on to the Mets. They win the World Series. Andre Dawson chooses wrong and goes to the Cubs. Still great career. Rock Rain stays, I think, a little bit longer and then becomes kind of journeyman around the league. Yankees. Around that. Uh, after the, the parting off, the Cardinals had a uh, pitcher named Rayal Cormier. Yes, Rayal Cormier. And the Expos were like were courting him from the Cardinals super yeah, hard. Yeah, because he's French-Canadian, right? Exactly. He was a French-Canadian pitcher, and they're like, oh, my God, that'll sell tickets. That's not untrue. Like, what it, we should have done was sold. We did not sell. We should but, have sold Ray Oh, uh, for the record, I am drinking a Dale's Pale, yeah. Dale's Pale Ale Oscar Blues. We love it. 
This is the beer that you cannot drink in the can. It does not taste as good in the can. I don't know. I've only had it in the can. I I, I don't well, have a new out. beer to check. I don't I don't have a new beer to check right now. I'm but I'm but I am drinking an Oscar Blues from a previous uh, beer. Ah, we can break fourth wall. I don't care. Mm. Um. So this, this is, is a bonus show. episode. This is my show. This is my call. This is a chaser. A bonus episode. Not sure when it's going to run. Could be sooner. Could be later. Might be Hopefully a double chaser. Could be a double chaser. The way things are going, we'll see. The way it's going. Um, this is a really interesting thing. So, uh, no vinyl check in this week. We did a beer check. Do we have any other news or items to discuss before we go on to the topic of the chaser? There was something I wanted to mention, but it wasn't important enough for me to remember. So I'm going to go with no. Okay then. Fair enough. So here's a oh, fun story. I what it was. <laughs> here's a little story I like to tell about three bad brothers that you know so well. Go ahead. It started way back in history with Ad Rock, MCA, and me, Mike D. Anywho. Uh never mind, I'm not doing it now. I don't it was Oh man. I was just thinking about, you know, how I'm driving an electric vehicle now and it's awesome. Did you know that Ted Nugent said that electric vehicles are destroying America? I don't know if you knew this. I thought they were saving the world. You know what I don't know about Ted Nugent? <clears throat> Not enough. <laughs> I, I'm i going to share something with you today. I When you interview people for uh, vans like I do all the time, uh, much more so recently, because I've had a little time, a little downtime, so I've been able to fill in that schedule with a lot of interviews, so... Stay tuned to the Ghost Cult Magazine podcast and Ghost Cult on YouTube. Yada, yada, yada. I interviewed somebody I, you know, I don't often enough get to talk to the same person again and again. I've had a few, but I've been lucky. I've interviewed Max Cavalera several times in my career. I've interviewed Nick Anderson. You may know him from bands like The Helicopters and Lucifer and Entombed and Deadhead. Many projects. And a few others. I've been fortunate to interview these people multiple times. And you build a rapport. Nick recognized me. We jumped on a Skype. It's only going to be a podcast, but he saw we chatted over video, and it's going to be a pod. Um, and he immediately was like, I I remember you, right? Which is nice. You know, they, I never know if I am making an impact on any of these people. Ghost Cult's name resonates at all. Somebody today was like, I feel like you're right at the top with like Consequence of Sound and Metal Sucks and Metal Injection. I'm like, we're really not, though. We're smaller. We are smaller. We're good, but we're small. Small. Um, so I interviewed Nick Anderson, and literally within a few minutes, we were talking about, all oh, the world is terrible. And I'm thinking war, coronavirus, politics. And he was like, the climate change is out of control. Like, that was his Whoa. thing in his mind. That the first thing out of his mind is, like the world is in disrepair because the planet, the polar ice caps are melting. Not what you think about from a stoner rock legend, a death metal legend. Not the thing you think is going to come right out of his mouth that he cares about the environment. But again, Sweden, these are better people than we are. These are highly elevated, much Green. finer people than uh, we are. I have to say I've had my EV now for two and a half weeks. Mm. And I don't remember the last time I got gas. I drive Dang past car lots oh. and I see things that say low, good gas mileage. And I think, yeah, I don't care. I'm good. But actually, one thing I did want to mention, uh, one of my favorite bands that has broken up and still kind of exists in a sort of way, the Black Diamond Heavies. Yeah. They are getting a greatest hits released on a live natural sound records. Uh, I find this funny because they had two albums. And now they're getting their greatest hits. However, side two is completely unreleased. So they're going to get my 25 bucks. What's special about that is there are two or three tracks from when Black Diamond Heavies was a trio featuring Mark Porkchop Holder. All right. So I did watch a couple of YouTube videos in the past where uh, James and Mark Porkchop had... Uh, been at shows and they had played together. I actually saw both of them in the same night at the Whiskey War Festival, which is a uh, punk blues festival in St. Louis every year. They did not play together, unfortunately. And mm. a big shout out to King Loaf, who probably doesn't listen to this, the bass player for um, Pork Chop, 
who does follow me on Twitter. So I got that going for me. If they're on Twitter, war, we should tag him. We should be we should be tagging whoever we're mentioning. Um, that's fair. I think so. So, yeah, man, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Um, you know, the, the reason why that band is so special to me, though, <clears throat> is because I had gotten out of music, like even as a listener, for 10, 15 years after that point. Hmm, that I was only buying. So sad to me. It was very sad. I, I thought I was over music. What it turned out was I was over the 300 albums that I owned because I had heard them so much. And then I saw Black Diamond Heavies at a show at the Schlafly Tap Room downtown St. Louis-ish. And I remember thinking, wow, these guys are heavy. What kind of guitar that guy's playing? So I walked up to the stage and all it was was a guy on an electric piano, not a keyboard, an electric piano and a drummer. He plays a Fen- James Legg plays a Fender Rhodes piano through Marshall stacks and distortion pedals. And it is an amazing sound. I have been lucky enough to see him live four or five times now and interviewed him two or three times uh, in person. And I mean, he is a great, great interview. Nice. Maybe I will chat with him someday. We'll see. Um, you know, what's interesting, man. It's like, I understand totally getting burned out on your own supply of stuff. Like if you hear some people are very content to hear the same stuff over and over and over, um, you know, or their genre, that's their genre. And they don't veer because they're built a cultural identity around that genre or artist, which is not always a good idea because then they let you down. Agreed. Collapse. Never meet meet your heroes. A couple of times I have, and it's been all right. Sometimes it's not a good idea. You know, so, one of the things I think we we veer off in a lot of directions and, you know, the Glacial Musical Podcast is beer, metal, swearing, and vinyl, but it's not just metal. And we reference frequently Broadway or the symphony or <clears throat> all that kind of good stuff. And it's important to, and the reason why Glacial Musical, when during the the internet days, the reason why it became a metal site is because once you are willing to review bands like Ethereum Moors, who are a carcass-inspired satanic death metal band, once you are willing to review Eye of Solitude, who is the smartest progressive death band I have ever heard in my life, they've actually brought me to tears with their EP, which was 54 minutes long, a single track, Dear Insanity. Um, that was released on Chaotoxin Records. That is the only thing that the 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 label loved my review so much they sent me the CD. That's and cool, and I still have that. Once in a blue moon, that happens to me. Um, once once you go metal even a little, it's a dog pile, and everybody finds you. And that's true. I, I consider myself metal because if you listen to it's it, it doesn't matter what else you like. If you like metal, oh, you're a metal. Nothing wrong. And I mean, it's weird, but it's not all I listen to. Right. And same. And same. Um, I woke up on. I uh, came home from my trip to Sacramento, seeing the punk rock show. And I was feeling, like I said, not too, not too good. And I didn't want to like go to the rock right away. So I broke out that Gordon Withers cello covers album and I cooked a, a nice dinner and I put on some softer lighting and I burned a candle and trying to like change my mood because I came home like, ah, I hear you. I, and, I have um, not, I've not listened to much of my extreme metal in the past yeah. year and a half, just because the last year and a half, uh, you know, I, not to get too serious. I'm much in a much better place now Had that conversation with my daughter today, actually. But in 2020, you know, 2020 was a bad year for all of us. 2021 was a bad year for me as well. So, but in 2021, my mother died, my stepfather died, my cat died, my father-in-law died, my catalytic converter was stolen twice, and I was released from my job of six years. Rough. And Pulse by Pink Floyd became the soundtrack to that year. Whenever mm-hmm. I listened to that, my daughter always asked me, Dad, what's wrong? Yep. I mean, I have those records, especially Pink Floyd. I go to those records. Um my pandemic cure-all records were two. 
William Duvall's solo record, Until the Light Guides Me Home, uh, and Laura Jane Grace's Stay Alive. Uh, I don't know why I needed, she's now a St. Louis resident part-time. I don't know why I needed acoustic. Hey, St. Louis is a great town if you know where to be. That could be. Um, also, I wondered, if you had mentioned listening to a lot of synthwave lately. I have been. To, could you send me some links? I will. I already said that Boy Harsher soundtrack is I'm like not, in look, my. We, we drink upper. when I, we drink when we do these. Yes, and I yes. Drink well, more than yes. you. Several so. episodes ago, I did Boy Harsher as a vinyl pick. I'm mean, probably a month ago. Uh, already in my top whatever for this year. Um, yeah, I'll send you quite a few things. That's Please, fine. Don't um, don't go send me five. Five is good. Don't 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 give me choice paralysis. Just <clears throat> no no no. Um, I, I also want to say like, yeah, I also, I understand why people get ruin themselves on their own music because it's like, well, this is who I am and that's what I listen to. Um, I also, instead of, you know, like, uh, yeah, like, um, it's kind of weird. Actually, I woke up from the night of punk rock where I, mo I was almost moshed in, you know, like right at the front for a rare occasion, Against some of my better judgment, but I was like, I'm going to go to the front for most of this show oh, until I can't no, take. I'm too old for that. I am too old for that, but I also wanted to be up front a little bit, like the old spirit, I and I you. enjoyed it. I was good for a while until about one third of the Circle Jerk set, and then I was with the headliner. So I made most of the show. I made it up front. I uh, I, I had a, a show. I was reviewing, God, years ago now. Cannibal Corpse, Obituary, Cryptopsy, and Abysmal Dawn. It's sick. I saw that tour. Yeah. I love and, Cryptopsy. And I remember and I, I, I had never seen Cryptopsy. That was Ooh, the, so the good. big reason I was there was for revocation because I had never oh, seen Oh, nice. They're so I'd good. Seen, oh, no, I, that was my first time seeing Cannibal Corpse too. So yeah. The, the, revocation, the, Dave from Revocation makes the absolute best guitar solo faces in history. I, I was also surprised at how little that whole band is. Dave, they're skip like, leg and arm day all the time. No, I mean, they're like 5'7". They're like 5'7". Yeah, they're seven. short. Little dudes, but that dude, his voice. Are you tall? I've never seen you except sitting. I'm five ten. Then you're much five. taller than I am because I'm like five seven and round. Fair. And and I'm five seven this way also. So yeah, but he's yeah he's like the little skinny guy, and it just this giant thing comes out of him. So it was it's 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 kind of funny, but I remember when Obituary was on, and and as everybody who's gone to metal shows knows, the pit gets a bit more every band and it was a mm. four band show and i remember i looked at my buddy danny and i said if this is what this pit is like for cryptopsy holy shit and i was right uh, i had to move back a little bit because cannibal corpse went to town they go to town they go hard all the time they are on tour right now you should go see them that will still be on tour by the time this likely runs um i'm a big cryptopsy fan waiting for them to come back with a full album and tour they've been doing an occasional EP here and there. Big fan. Um, Obituary is great. Obituary is kind of the band when people imagine what a death metal band looks like, it's Obituary. Yes. <laughs> and they really are. Um, My favorite quote about Obituary is when I saw Carcass and Obituary on the, well, the EP after Surgical Steel, that tour. Mm. it Pops. Uh, Noisem and Exum. Noisem, very good band. Exum, hell of a band. night, hell of a night. Right in my backyard, that as well. And I remember Carcass comes out and goes, "Man, we've been touring with Obituary for so long. They're the only band out there that has longer hair than we do." And John Tardy has a mane. I don't. If it's real, holy hell, we need to clone that. Mm. And his brother saves feral cats. That's his mission in life besides great drumming. His whole house is just dedicated to like a thousand feral cats that he boards and re-socializes and feeds. My, and... my late in-laws, my late, excuse me, my late parents, my, my mother, my stepfather, fed all the feral cats in their neighborhood. And my, my stepdad would go take them to get neutered. That's crazy. Sorry. Kindness. It, Kindness is a good it, thing. Cats are better it, than people. Like like the like young Master Tardy. 
not the kind of people you my stepdad was not the kind of person you would look at and think oh he loves kitties and he's going to go save them all understood they left understood. they would leave their door open so the feral cats would come in and out all the time well, that sounds like a lot of cat urine though yeah we went and they smoked heavily uh when well we, that probably blots out the cat urine smell no it didn't actually we uh we stopped on our trip to Washington, D.C. in 2018, mm. we didn't plan ahead our stops, which is stupid. If you're going on a road trip, if you're crossing time zones, make sure you plan your hotel nights. Uh, so we ended up staying at a Bates Motel. I swear to God, it had a Victorian wooden house, which was the thing. And then it had, you know, that, those <clears throat> rows of... So it, it was a Bates Motel. They handed us a key, not a card, but a key. So we go and open up the door to open up the door to the room and it's this 1970s you know that remember those brown flowered couches it had one of those we open the door and it smells like cat piss and cigarettes immediately my daughter goes it smells like grandma sparkles house out of the mouths of babes she nailed it I'm sorry, um, we're rambling now. So we'll just ramble on. We want to get to it. We can get to it or we can ramble more. I'm um, yeah, that's... um. I think both of us have lived long enough and got plenty of stories that we don't... We have a lot of stories to tell. A lot. but um, and I, and I hope people are getting something out of that. I love your stories. I think some of mine are mildly amusing, at least to me. Um, I like to think that our rambling and I diverging and divulging serves the show, doesn't make it worse, helps. I think a show where we just like robotically come on and like beer, metal and swearing, beer, check, vinyl, check, swearing, check, blah, 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 main topic, outro. I think that's lame and we're people and we have lives, we're sharing. I Um, always felt that you appreciate a show more whether it be a television or radio or podcast or whatever, if you get to know the hosts. Fair enough. Um, And I overshare. I'm a chronic overshare. This is a problem of my whole life. I used to get you (laughs) on my report card as a child, unsatisfactory, because Keith talks too much. He's highly intelligent, but he talks entirely too much. Does he do this at home? You should punish him. Um, It did not happen. So, anywho... Yada, 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 yada. Why are we doing this Chaser episode and what is it about? Uh, A funny thing happened on the way to the forum. One of my favorite bands, as people know, is Tool. I understand that there's a caricature concept of what Tool fans are like. And I push back against that and say, that's a lot of Tool fans living down to the memes and the conjecture online about them. Most Tool fans that I have ever known are not complete maniac, drug addict, asshole, banana balls, you know, tripping balls kind of people. I think most Tool fans, there's there's like three buckets of Tool fans. The extreme Tool fan that is annoying and is the meme that everybody knows. There is like the casual bro Tool fan that knows the Tool hits since the 90s and they hear it like... 46 and 2 comes on at the gym and they do like 25 extra curls. Okay. But they're not, they're only casual fans, which is probably okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But Tool is just another band to them, like Stained, Corn, or Godsmack, except that they're better than all three of those bands that they influenced. But, um, wow. yeah, we're just going to go there. Dropping some bullshit now. Yeah. Oh, I, mean, I am. St- stained, Godsmack, and, and, Whatever and whatever the other one was. Well, I said corn. I mean, corn, corn is. I, I hate all those bands. Oh no, corn is great. Uh, God's Look, not I, really. Stained I, is a great band with a terrible person as a friend. I respect so, like, the shit out of corn. Yeah, it's not for everybody. But you know, the fathers of Crabcore, not my jam. All right. Um, but I, so I, I have always found Tool fans to be like Rush fans, which is unfortunate. And, uh, True. I grew up with those Rush fans. I am those Rush fans. I learned just, 2112 very early on base, and I was like, oh my God, Rush is. I went through like a thing. 
where I rushed so hard. I had to rush the fuck away from them for a long time. Like I couldn't hear a Rush song because I was just like, I hit my wall with Rush. I and I love that. I get into Rush after they retired. Okay. Because my, Rush fans can't just be like, calm the fuck down. They just can't enjoy the band. They have to like impinge on your personal space and tell you about how brilliant they are. No, no, dude, you don't understand Neil Peart. Oh my God, bro. And he, and, and Rain, and like he, his lyrics are self-determinative and, you know, libertarian. Oh, quick, while we were moving, I discovered there is a copy of Atlas Shrugged in my house. Throw that shit out and burn it. Oh my God, I could not believe that was there. I looked at my she wife it on, and I was like, what? It's her fault. Yeah. I knew it was going to be hers. Anyway, you wouldn't dare have that thing. Throw that out. I, I wanted to. Don't tell her and throw her out. Just throw it out. Tell her it got lost. She'll never know. She don't watch no, these things. No, we put it on the shelf. It's already been moved. She, she. I'm telling you, if you just slip it out of there before you move in fully, she'll never know. Set it on fire. I Fuck agree. That book. Um. Sorry, we are really moving off topic. No, it's fine. So this tool was supposed to be quick, and it's never. Gonna no, be it's going to be quick. It's going to be quick. You'll see why. Tool. So the third bucket of tool fans is like the you know, like decent tool fans. Okay. There are that they're out there and I'm one of them. Oh, um, of mine. They play guitar with big tool fan. Yeah. So I need a light. I think I lost the light. Hold on. Um, so why am I bringing this up? So tool is on tour right now. And this tour will be, they'll be in Europe by the time yep. this airs Europe. And uh, they've done an American tour. I don't know what the future of the band is because this gap in time probably robbed them. They were finally feeling good, put this record out, big wave of huge amount of sales, had all their music on streaming for the first time in 2019, all on the same day. Uh, they sold the most physical copies in the world of rock records. It, it really like unheard of, 30, 339,000 of these Fear Inoculum 2019 CDs that came with like a little TV screen and played a visualizer uh, with a USB charger, like unheard of. And Tool has always had like high-end merch and that fans will buy it. And they always had the most expensive VIP, which by the way, I don't know that you would pay $2,000 to see your favorite band and have the pinnacle key member of the band not participate. So you're paying, you might be getting like an incredible experience, but you're not getting one guy, the one guy you probably want to meet and talk to because he doesn't want to meet the fans or talk to them. I don't want to do that stuff, period. I understand, but there's a lot of people who do. So imagine I'm not yucking on anyone's yum. Yeah, yeah. If you look, my princess, our princess, <laughs> who participated in them, called them celebrity lap dances. That is what Carrie Fisher called them in her autobiography. It's amazing. Um, look, they pay. They you pay. They pretend to be your friend for 20 minutes. Whatever. It, Look, if, if you get off on that, awesome. There is no sex in the champagne room, Chris Rock. So, so Tool has always had very high-end merch and high-end experiences and, and bonus things. And as Maynard James Keenan has as well with Pussifer, you know, $800 leather bomber jackets designed by Paul Frank, the famous clothing designer and stuff like that. So not unheard of for them to have extravagant merch and expensive things. Ramstein did a collaboration with an Italian clothing brand where they had $650 fanny packs last hey, year. You can't get into a Joe Bonamassa show for less than 150 bucks. Yeah, I don't even think he's that good, actually. Um, I, I really disagree. don't. He's disagree. good. He's not great. He's not 150 bucks to walk in the door good. No, no. one is, though. I mean, in fairness. So why am I talking about this and why is this the topic? So Tool is, you know, they've sporadically started to re-release their stuff on vinyl. and um, Which I can support wholeheartedly. Not all of it sounds great. Some of it has been mastered for vinyl. Some of it hasn't, uh, which is weird because you would think they would put a premium on their stuff because there's, they've never put out a DVD or a live concert album or anything. They're well, very that's, the, that's the problem with vinyl is... Are you buying merch or are you buying music? The audio quality, yeah. So finally, the Fear Inoculum album is coming on vinyl. And so here's the rub. What happened was they... What happened was? Yes, what happened was they 
like leaked an unboxing video before they announced what it was. So the video is five. So the Fear Inoculum is an hour and a half album, 11 tracks, four of them are interludes, and seven of them are lengthy 10 minute tracks, basically. Before you go too deep into this, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't the Fear Inoculum CD, the CD, like about a hundo? $65. That's that thing I talked about with the yeah. DVD. And also the CD can't accommodate the whole album. So it was like the tracks with almost no interludes. So people were mad. The only way you could listen to the full album was on digital, which some people didn't want to do Spotify, but they reluctantly did. Then there was a, an expanded CD version that had the whole album, but that was a hundred bucks. That sold out. The, right, so we're, we're not talking about a low... <clears throat> there's no three. Yeah, there's a low barrier to entry. There's not one. No, there's no low barrier. So they come out with their they're teasing they're going to do a vinyl of the new album. They really hadn't done one yet, and it needs to be on multiple vinyls because an hour and a half, right? And the logical minimum progression. of two, minimum of two, probably three to be a good Sinjutsu set. Jitsu was eighty two minutes, and they dropped it on three. Yeah, it was not. Yeah, no. Eh. Anyway, but it just hurt my, hurt my heart bringing that up. But okay, um, you know my my trials and tribulations with Sinjutsu. So I'm sorry, but the the record sounds good, doesn't it? It does. Two. There you go. Tool unboxes this video, and it's five vinyls in a slip case. Each vinyl has its own little case, and it's basically a couple of songs on each side and an etching on the back. You're not a fan already. I know this. So well, it's kind of a waste of a side. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw out that Metallica released, um, and I forget the guy's name because he no longer is on Twitter, but he had a podcast, a cassette-themed podcast, he he posted a photo of his copy of Death Magnetic, which was five vinyls. Right. Each, on, and yeah. each side was one song at forty five yeah. at forty five RPM. This is not unheard of. You have Yeah, not, it's not unheard of. You have so not to, we, yeah. we haven't broken a barrier yet. Yeah, yeah. Well we're going to. So yet. Tool unboxes their their vinyl set on an Instagram and a fa- uh, Instagram post that then circulates wide. So what happened is the band members received their case of vinyls, their own. Here's your case of vinyls. So I am imagining if you're in Metallica, if you're in Tool, if you're in blank band, Megadeth, when you get your case of vinyls, those are numbers one, two, three, four, five, whatever, of whatever, especially if they're limited. Tool stuff is always limited numbers, meant to be limited. Even if they weren't, 339,000 is not limited, but okay. Compared to the millions of streams they get, that is limited. But in this case, they meant this vinyl sets to only be well, like... high-end box sets are always going to be to a limited audience. Yeah, also true. So Tool is on tour, and they're like, well, we got our allotment of vinyls, and we're going to sell ours autographed. First, we will give our VIP people an opportunity to buy theirs with their early entry merch option. Only VIP because they have their own table to go to and everything. And then they do the meet and greet. They'll we'll autograph them and we'll sell ours. Our allotment. The main ones are not out for shipping yet. This is a pre-order item. We happen to have some in our hand. So they were like, oh, they're going to be on this tour. $800. People flipped out. Then they dropped it down. They were like, oh, if we don't, you know, for each show, we have a certain amount for the next few shows. And if whatever we don't sell to the VIPs, we'll put at the merch table. You know, fans showed up at the merch table and they're literally filming the merch table. Oh, my God. Why is this thing $800? Now, some tool fans are just like, take my money. And other people on the Internet are like, ah, I can't. Why is it $800 for five vinyls? That's absurd. But it's not absurd if you're a collector, and it's not absurd if you're a tool obsessive and a tool fan. So, but I don't think this was meant to be the price point. I think this was like, oh, we're on tour. You can't get these for at least a month, and they're going to be autographed by the band right now. And you can walk home with the vinyl now. So I think that's why the price was so high. They immediately dropped it down a few hundred to the next show and the next show and the next show. Can I I jump in? You are working hard to defend this i'm not defending anything Uh, i i yet okay well you know what one we all know tour merch is crazy 
Two, we all know that autographs are now commoditized. Is that a word? Mm. They are now commoditized. And being as deep into the KISS fandom as I am, and I'm regretting a lot of it, um, seeing people go, well, it's a good deal because it's autographed. Okay, I I don't get that. But that is a thing. Whether or not, you know, a product has utility to me is meaningless because market value means far more to somebody selling a product than it does to my indignation or uh, consumption of said product. We talked about the union records before. Now there are two issue. There are two uh, editions of the, the union studio records, Bruce Killer, John Karabi, which I loved that band. And I said, I'm in for a pound on the first record, no matter what the cost, I'm buying it. I spent 50 fucking dollars on it. That's too much. Yeah. But you know what? I love that album. It's one of my favorite albums, so I bought it. Blue Room, don't like as much. $50 also, did not buy it. Then there's the Ultra Mega Super Executive Edition, as Monty Python would <laughs> I was waiting for that to come back for months. Oh, it's, it's coming back. It's, it's coming back. The Executive Edition is $90. It's a different, it's a splatter rather than a solid, and it's autographed by the band. I don't care about autographs. I have their autographs. I have the Blue Room autographed by them in front of me from a meet and greet that was free on that tour, the one time I saw them. Don't need that, don't care. Would prefer the splatters, but autographs are commoditized. Even, I mean... When I was growing up, the idea of an autograph was I met this person. Right. They did it in front of me to me. Correct. Now an autograph is a value mark. Can I resell this thing? Correct. And so you have tour merchandise, you have limited edition merchandise, you have autograph merchandise, and then you have exclusivity of purchase because you are ahead of the curve. Mm. And I don't know if anybody's heard those of us Anybody listening to this is probably buying records a little bit, at least somewhat. And they are pushed back and pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. Uh, my only pre-order right now that I have outstanding is the latest Old Man Wizard record. Theoretically shipping this month. I doubt it. So, it's not his fault. I love Francis. No, it is, it's, no it's, it's no one's fault. Metallica is shipping the Vinyl Club on time which is surprising. Whatever that means. Right, whatever that means. With their own pressing plant, that's the only way it's possible. Correct. They own a pressing plant. And 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 a printing plant, and they're printing the sleeve, and they're they're packaging it themselves, and and they cut out the middleman, and they make all the money. And they were worried about it not even being on time because they couldn't get the materials to press these things. That's the problem. The pellets, right? Correct. Pellets. So... You've got theoretically a one month advance on this, probably more than that. So, what is the greatest luxury for mankind? What is time. the greatest commodity? Correct. Time. You can pay for time. I'm not quite done. I haven't actually got to my defense of them. Oh, yet. I'm sorry. I know. I know. I sounded like I was being defensive. I'm trying to be helpful. I'm more defending. I'm trying to defend tool fans who are not dicks. But here's the catch. The real catch is this week or last Friday, they announced formally the set. And the actual list price of the set is a, I think, decent $169. Now, what you're getting are those five vinyls that comprise the whole album. There's only one other package they have sold that has the full, beside digital, mm-hmm. beside streaming. Mm-hmm. The only other package you can get that has the whole album, there's an audio CD version that's two CDs with a graphic book that is an expanded edition of the album artwork. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, there are there's only the only way to get the entire album that's not on Spotify is to get a vinyl or this book version. And like the book version, the big vinyls also come with like a slip book full of different unique artwork, all the different artwork that went in to make this album cover, this album artwork from the cover, which does look kind of like the inside of a washing machine. I'm not going to lie. That like spirally eyes thing. Um, 
So $169 is the list price, not counting shipping. I think that's not unreasonable or bad. I have a sleep box set from Third Man Records that's four live albums. You that, that is, yeah, I do have that. That is like a hundred bucks. I was bucks. interested, but it, uh, it, I didn't. You can get them cheap now. They're they're like people are giving them away. You can't. Oh. You know, they're getting rid of them. Like the label doesn't have any more. They were sold out. Right. But you go to like eBay or Discogs, people have them. Then they've oh. come down quite a lot. There was a period of time I thought about buying a second one too as an investment, but like fuck that. Um, don't do that. Don't don't be that guy. No, I don't want to be that guy. Um, so. Yeah, man. Just like, yeah. So the tool thing, my defense of them is not that, yeah, like they were selling, again, if you're getting like one out of, I don't know, 25,000, 20,000, however many of these box sets they're going to make. You okay, know, oh, two my, most, first, my first question would be, how many are they making? I don't know. Definitely not 339,000 like the last time because it's vinyl. And I'm guessing it's a much smaller amount. Also, I'm going to say there's a scarcity thing. I think, again, Tool has been around for the last couple of years. They got to tour again finally last fall and now. They toured a little bit in 2019. Maynard has Pussifer stuff lined up. They're going to go away again, as Nick yawns, because I know this shit is only interesting to me. But um, they're no, going to go away again. They're probably going to go on another hiatus. Maybe they'll be back. Maybe they won't be back. I have felt for the last 10 years they were trying to retire. Maynard would like to do anything that isn't Tool. Um you know, and just grow grapes um, and do his wine and not do or anything. Tour, or tour with Buckethead and not write songs. Yeah, this could happen. So just no, my he, two cents. Happen. He did that. Yeah, just my two cents worth. Just my two cents worth that, like, I think $169 for some luxury limited edition deluxe grandiose thing for a band you really love is not a terribly high amount of money. I've heard of much higher things. People, people are doing the Jerry Cantrell meet and greet on his upcoming headline tour that for $3,000 gets you a Gibson guitar autographed by Jerry. There was a time where John Five had a $500 meet and greet that came with a Fender. That's crazy. I'm assuming it was not the USA Fender. Could not be. I, I mean, that. My, my wife actually said, do you want to do that? What the fuck? For John Five? I love John Five. I love John Five, but not $500 for it. If you get a guitar, he's, he's too, John Five. He's not John Five Hundred. Hey, you get if you get a guitar too, though. I, I'm going to pat myself on the back for that one. That was a that's a good one, one but it, you get a guitar. Yeah, I get it. Now that's not the price anymore. No, yeah, it's gone up. But now let me, if you don't mind, if I can weigh in. On this. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm. That was my whole thing. I'm done now. Okay. So 169 dollars for a theoretically limited edition. Okay, Kiss Alive 4 in 2004 was limited edition to 10,000 pressings, 10,000 copies. Tool mm. fans are probably as about, probably in the vicinity of, in the same ballpark, same league at least, of obsessiveness of Kiss fans. Uh, the Kiss fans' level of obsessiveness and flippidness, flipping things, you know, buying two copies, one to seal, one to have bullshit over the past 35 years actually put me out of even caring about buying kiss new new kiss vinyl because it is just too much it is too ridiculous and i'm just not not i'm not playing and i'd rather just go back and get og pressings and call it a day if i can but so you have that presently do you know what kiss alive for sells for on discogs the market value i have not looked about five Hundred. Hundred. Wow. It's not even that good. It is it is. It, not that it's not five hundred good. It's good. Yeah, it's not that good. Five it's not five hundred dollars good. It's not. I would drop fifty. Okay. <laughs> Look, if anybody has a copy of a live four on vinyl they don't want, I'm willing to offer you ten percent of market value. Okay. If if you want to take that, hit me up. You can you can find me. But <clears throat> So now we have this etched special, and it's a different version. $169. Is it a bit rich for me? Yes. Uh, $169 is roughly what I spent on the one Metallica box set I own. And I will go to my grave probably stating that the Metallica box sets that they have put out so far are the, the standard. That is 
They raised the bar. Standard is probably not even fair. But I'm dying for this binge and purge or load reload thing. And I don't even like, we did a whole thing on load and reload. It's like, I would buy the load and re if it comes as one set load and reload, I will probably buy it. If it comes I, separately, I will not. I promised my wife I only wanted Injustice for All. Oh, you messed up. That was years ago. I'm sure she's forgotten. But I did not buy the Black Album. And I did not buy the ones leading up to Justice. And you didn't, and you, but you also had the Symphony, don't you? Uh, is that, that the yeah, same? Is that similar I, or cheaper? I, it was, I didn't buy the fancy version. Oh, you got the regular version. I bought the standard black. I just bought the standard black vinyl. Does it come with the sheet music or it's just the vinyl? I don't care. I kind of would like the sheet music. I don't know. Um, uh, that it, packaging yeah. doesn't matter to me. It matters I, to me. It, it, I know it matters to most people. It just does not matter to me. What I get, what. The value I get from these things is what is in the grooves, not yeah, yeah. not anything else. So, like when the Kiss meets when the Kiss Soundboard series came out, people are still bitching about the packaging because it's plain brown wrapper, bootleg style packaging. The only thing that bothers mm. me is they're charging a premium price for a premium package price for not a premium package product, right? I will also add that if you really have a hankering for something from Tool. At the same time as this rather pricey box set is coming out, they are also putting out a, they've released to digital streaming, a new version of Opiate. Opiate is 30 years old next week, their debut EP. And uh, the song Opiate has been reimagined and re-recorded. This was done several years ago, even before Fear Inoculum. And they've been teasing this thing for a long time. This is the version of Opiate that they play live. Probably every other show they play it. So it's like a 10-minute version of a six-minute song, and it's pretty awesome, and it's worth it. And if you're a fan of Tool, you love this version, and you want this version. And they have always done this, kind of messed around with their older songs and reimagined them live. So this is a gift that's on streaming. You can hear it for free right now. Opiate Squared. You know, There's it, a physical version you can buy on the you can pre-order it now and get it on the 18th that is like the opiate song with an art book and that's like 40 bucks they're also putting out and it also comes with the music video that will be their first music video i think in 15 years because music videos that almost put them out of business as a band um long story and so yeah, if you really need a tool thing, you can get something for much less the price of the vinyl and still have a cool, unique tool thing. Well, I mean, the thing about this is, in my opinion, and I'm just one man, but I feel like the vinyl listening experience is the Cadillac of listening experiences. That is my personal choice. That is my favorite. My coworkers love to bust my balls about it because I have a thousand records that I have to move across town. And I've, I've got one square cleared. One square. There Can are, you spare a square? Uh, there are 15 more. 15 more squares to clear. Uh, anyway, but that's not the only avenue you can go down. As somebody who only primarily 99.5% of my purchases are vinyl only. I don't buy digital. I don't do streaming. That's my choice. And people say, well, what about the stuff that is not released on vinyl? I accepted years ago. I will never be able to afford everything I want. Like uh, That's a good philosophy. I, I have 1,700, 1,800 albums in my iTunes. I don't have 1,700 albums on the shelf. Mm. And you have to accept that you have to accept you can't get everything. Uh, Led Zeppelin, as I pointed out in a, re a recent episode, the Led Zeppelin is the first band whose entire studio catalog I have acquired on vinyl. I'm close on several others, mm. but I'm actually only missing one BC Boys and I'm only missing one Pink Floyd, but two of the least those are the least favorites of the entire group for those. So $170 is pricey. Mm. However, it, I mean, just the vinyl cost alone is probably about 40 bucks. 
whose etching is going to be pricey. I, I don't think that's really that far out of line. It is something that no matter what the band was, I would personally pass on. But I also don't buy anything for collecting purposes. I don't buy anything. I only buy albums to listen to. That is my, that's my thing. And if they're most bands release two versions, if they're doing something like this, they release the, the plebeian and the executive version, the surf and the Lord as it were. So I, if I'm a tool fan, I would be irritated that there's not a copy for 50 or less. That's what people are saying. Like, why can't I get this goddamn record on two vinyls or three and just make it affordable and they probably will eventually. This is probably my guess. They will. Well, it's, especially it's like the Gene Simmons box set, right? It comes out the lowest price you can get it for is two grand. Well, <laughs> shit. Then I mean, which is ridiculous. But don't worry, he's losing money on it. That's what he said. He's losing money. On it. Okay, all you did was just you know hand the tapes to Rhino, whatever jackass. Anyway, so then, but then it came down to fifteen. Then it's a thousand. Now it's five hundred, which is still ridiculous i mean that's how about that gnr i still there's still a part of me that wants that gnr appetite deluxe grandiose cube case thing with all the things i want it i kind of want it i know somebody I, that works at that label that could get it for me maybe cheaper but i'm just like oh I, I don't want buy it the stuff with all those things because one space is uh, you know time and space you know there's a reason why those two things go together mm. you know my my i don't even have my metallica box set on the shelf i just have the two the, the two vinyls on the shelf and it's not and i didn't even go through the whole thing i only bought that because it had seattle 90 mm. on vinyl and i needed that that's one that is my favorite metallica concert that i've ever heard recorded. that's right right up there so because of that, I'm like, okay, fine. I'll give you way more money than this is legitimately worth to me. Good value worth, but not, you know, it's, it's not mm. my, it's got a lot of things that are not for me, which I get that. And you just have to accept in this world that not everything is for you. Not everything is for you and you can't afford everything you want. That is a very good way to close. I have nothing further on tool except thanks for humoring me a tool about tool for this conversation and uh yeah don't get so butthurt on the internet about what bands do especially pretentious ass bands like tool well i mean how many bands have a hot sauce a jillion now lots whoever would have thought we would live in a world where you could get joe perry crobot pantera uh, and grave huffer hot sauce i hate god hot sauce in my fridge not to mention my favorite band hot sauce ever is really by chris caffrey of tso and sabotage and that is that tears of the sun high river sauces sauce and uh sorry so, I'm, so gonna the word. Say, I'm gonna say one more thing on the tool topic and then i will sure. i will end this and then we can call it a night but you know i have been long a proponent of, you know, bands got to do what bands got to do in order to make money right now. Now, the album income, you know, the royalty income, the publishing income was always overinflated in the mind, in the consciousness of the public. You know, you didn't sell albums on tour in order to make money on albums. You sold albums on tour. So the record company, you know, in the 70s, you go on tour to sell records. That's why you go on tour. But you're not going on tour to sell records to pad your bank account. You're going on tour to sell records so Electra, Atlantic, Casablanca, whoever will pay for your next record and keep mm. paying for your records. You go on tour to do that, and that's where your money is. Now, was there definitely still was an income from that point. And, you know, as they said in Man on the Moon, show business show business without the business there is no show played by andy's uh that was actually played by andy's real life agent george shapiro so 
who was wonderfully played by Danny DeVito, who was completely off brand for that particular part. However, without the show, without the business, there is no show. So yes, bands are going to have to put out Cadillac items in order to make up for that passive income in order to help the record labels recoup. Cause no matter what you might think, what a record label is and how cool you might think they are, they're not cool. They're bean counters. It's a bank. A record label is a bank. They are an investment bank investing in you. Records don't sell as much anymore. Now we have 360 deals. So we get a piece of everything you do. You go on tour. That's where the money is, where the money's always been. Now they're taking a piece. So Tool comes out with this crazy box set. And when they sell a shirt, when they sell a record, when they sell a CD, when they sell a cassette tape, a thumb drive, or a bottle of goddamn hot sauce on tour, that label gets a piece. Because you know what? Tool is not going to walk into a studio and bang out a record on a weekend. Yeah. They're going to take the time. They're probably going to sit in the studio with their, with their wang doodles out, having sword fights, trying to come up with something to do. Because they have achieved that level. However, regardless of whether you've achieved that level, what have you done for me lately? Did this album recoup? The right. label is not going to keep paying for this if they're not recouping. So, By yeah. the way, I was, I was going to jump in and say for all the people who will then comment on this podcast, hopefully, um, I know that it took them 13 years to put out that record. They spent about 12 months, so 14 months making that music. Whole, Think about that for a second. 14 time. months in the studio in 2021 or 2019, well, not, whatever it came out. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, like in over a period of years. Over a period of years where they worked sporadically, they were dealing with a lawsuit and they were unmotivated and crippled by this business deal problem they had, this business issue. So it took 13 years between right. albums, but also they really and only are they working for less than the... a year and a half. Are they working in the hundred dollar an hour studio? The company? No, they own. They have their no. own studio. Yeah, they have their own studios, and Maynard records at his house. Right. So they're paying. For, that's got to be paid for. They're almost never in the same place, actually. Right. So okay. Wow. So they're recording yeah. this album in five different studios over the yeah, course three. of fourteen months. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's that's wild. Five. That's five times the cost. That's yes. So and, yeah, they're... and if you've been to a Tool show, the production value, the effects, this, the lighting and sound effects, and visuals that go with the show is not comparable to any other band alive. There is... Pink Floyd or Rush are the only comparables, and the only band I've seen do something close would be Metallica or Nine Inch Nails, and maybe the Opeth Mastered on tour on a smaller level. So there you go. You have to pay for that. Right. You're paying. That's why you're paying a lot of money. For you, can't, you can't afford to lose your ass on a record and then go out and put on a super mega stage show. Hmm. You know, if you don't, if the record doesn't recoup, they take chunks of your tour. Well, they're going to take chunks anyway. Yeah, they're going to take yeah, bigger. Yeah. That is a loan. And yeah. But, uh, yeah, but uh, I mean, like also a band like Tool, a band like Kiss, a band like Rob Zombie, it cost them hundreds of thousands of dollars a night to put on that show to take in that millions of dollars overall at the end of the tour. So right. just always keep that in mind, everybody. You know, KISS plays a show and they average about $1.2 million in ticket sales. That's about their average. Hmm. That, so their guarantee is going to be about that. Hmm. However, what do they have, a 200-man crew? So let me just how many trucks, yeah. how many trucks, how many flatbeds? Actually, both Metallica and Kiss are well known to have two of everything. So they have one set of crew people putting up the concert at the next place while you're doing the show tonight here let, in this city. Now, let, for, for, for fun's sake, hmm. probably about 20 hours to put up, put down, wouldn't you say? Yeah, probably. So let's say 15 bucks an hour. Obviously, they're making way more than that. So that times, what, about 100 in the crew, you think? Easily. Probably more. Plus, there's union people in every city. Plus, well, You know what? Let's, let's call it 125 people in the crew. That's probably about right. Okay. So, that can't be right. Hang on. So $15 an hour times 20 hours times 125 people. 
right there, you're looking at $40,000 just in putting it up and putting it down. However, you have to pay for the design of the stage. You know, the, that, that's not free. You know, some, then somebody has to build it. Shockingly, also not free. Then you have to pay for the materials. Those are not donated by Michaels or Hobby Lobby. You know, it, Hobby Lobby. a band does not break even on a tour until what two thirds of the way on a big tour like that probably so most bands don't again you can't afford to lose your ass on a record so yeah they're gonna have multiple levels of cost what do you want if you just want the music there you go you don't even gotta pay for it fair enough that's all I got all right. Um, Wish I didn't have to defend tool, but here we are. Uh, I, I, I see. It's like less about defending tool. It's, it's not tool really a defensive more. tool. It's a defense of the industry. And wow, well, that feels it, gross. But like, it's it true. does feel gross. But you know what? Show business. There is no business. There's, There's no it's tool. it's not the music friendship. It's the music business. I will take us out with a little bit of prose from the band Tool from their very first. I don't have to. I don't have to, but I'm gonna from their third record. uh, I'm just gonna, just gonna, from the song "Hooker with a Penis." Probably not holding up as a title these days very well, but okay. It's holding up Um, like war. Yeah, pretty bad. I met a boy wearing Vans 501s and a dope Beast DT, uh, nipple rings, and new tattoos. Who told me he thought? Oh, thank God, it's not me. Were selling out. I didn't. I didn't have new. I didn't have new tattoos. Right? Laying down to the man. Just paraphrasing. That's not accurate. But I'm just saying. Like Tool knew on their third record as they became a big hit band. They were already dealing with L.A. people, and Maynard moved out of L.A. to the wilderness of Arizona to get away from such people who would see him and be like, "Sell out, bitch!" And he was like, "I, I sold my soul to make a record." So that was from day one to be in this industry because I wanted, you know, attention. So, you know, fans have a relationship. Bands have a relationship and a responsibility. And uh, Tool is a special band, uh, one of my favorite bands, but also like, you know, they're human beings. And if money's out there to be made, they're going to make it. And if if people are buying it, they didn't do anything wrong. uh, It's only wrong because if you're mad, you can't afford it. You're not the people they're selling and marketing to. They're marketing to the other guys and people who can afford it. I, I'm, That's I'm gonna, my defensive tool. I'm, I'm going to point out one more thing because it just occurred to me. You know, we talked about the 125-man, 130-man crew. Mm. Every touring major band that plays theaters, that plays arenas, that plays amphitheaters, there are people that rely on them. Mm put food on their table they need those jobs and not you just know, kiss and tool and metallica but also the weekend and miley cyrus and right. do a lipa so that 170 dollars album you buy by tool it's not just enriching maynard keenan thompson it's also <laughs> maynard keenan thompson that's great oh my gosh it's also putting food on the table for jimmy Rody and alex the mixing board guy those people aren't making millions of dollars. They're out there on tour away from their families in order to provide for other people. And as long as we live in a capitalist society, which we will throughout my lifetime, at least that's the reality and money has to be made. And yeah, there's going to be, there's going to be products for everyone. Every, let me rephrase. There are going to be products for every price range because they want it they need the money coming in from every level i can't afford everything i want i know i brag about the records i buy each week but as i've discussed in the past you know a lot of these records i buy are five bucks because you know i can't always afford 90 dollars to buy super splatter union i can't afford to buy every $200 Metallica box set. 
I don't have any of the Led Zeppelin box sets. I don't. I I was lucky. I got a good bonus so I could buy Pulse. I had a a good. I got. A, I had a my copy of Roger Waters' "Amused to Death," my favorite Roger Waters record. I have on vinyl. I have the 2014, 2016, whatever repressing. I got that because at my job I got an Amazon gift card worth forty dollars to pay for most of it. I think it was a seventy dollar album nice. at that time, and you know. The reality is if I hadn't gotten that at the time, I wouldn't have that album. Fair enough. I, and there you have it. it. It sucks that everybody can't get everything they want. I'm sorry. I can't fix that. That's okay. I think we're, I think our job is done here. Do you want to take us out? You know, thank you very much for listening. This is on YouTube. Of course, if you have watched this, probably should have mentioned it earlier, please like, rate, subscribe, whatever. If you are listening to this on iTunes, a rating of the podcast would be really, really helpful. We do have a small, growing fan base, and reviews on the podcast are exceedingly helpful in us growing and getting bigger to other people. I don't expect this to ever be my full-time job, but I feel like this content is worth being heard. Uh, Also, it's a lot of fun. If you can download it, it also helps with keeping track of analytics and all that kind of good stuff. So downloading is better than just streaming. However, whatever you can do, thank you very much for listening. This is the Glacier Musical Podcast. Thank you to Keefe for always being here and brightening up my week. As always, it does not play in Peoria.